Hello and welcome to Riffs and Scripts. My name is Cole Bryant. My name is Amber Sava. I hope you're all well this week. Um, we're going to do things a bit differently today because it's been a really rough week at the time of recording it's the day after mother's day in the uk um and we in between the week of international women's day and mother's day funnily enough women have had a rough time it's been a bit of a shit week for women um and i uh, really actually appreciate that this i'm going to put i'm going to start here that this is wasn't actually my idea to talk about it whereas you cole you were like no let's let's actually address this i mean i um i took a big break from facebook uh earlier this year well last year sorry uh last year um in order that i could stop mucking in on debates um and getting angry all the time um i did kind of get at the start of the week i got stuck in a bit with um the harry and megan thing and i i think part of what we're going to talk about just in this brief little segue at the start of this episode i I think partially there, there there is obviously a sexism problem yeah so sorry i'm really sorry to interrupt you just for clarity guys this isn't going to be the whole episode we're, what our plan is is to start with some serious stuff and then what we'll do is we'll we'll alleviate it and we're just going to compare yeah. dumb funny stories from the industry to make ourselves laugh afterwards so yeah. that's that's the plan yeah. Let's do it, Cole. Go on. You were saying about so, Harry and Meghan. Yeah, so the Harry and Meghan thing, um, uh, for me, uh, I can see race issues and sexism issues mixed up in all of that, in, in the dialogue that has happened around that. Yeah. Um, particularly with... Uh, oh, okay, screw it. I'm going to mention names. Piers Morgan storming out on, on Good Morning Britain, right? It was hilarious. So, so oh God. it's really funny. But it's like really, in the really worst funny. way. <laughs> Uh, it's it's really funny to me because he's so often talked about how other people leaving situations is cowardly and things like that. And uh, he, he, he is not a person I'm a fan of, right? And he's no. also been mixed up in so many things that have... Uh, the tabloid press, for example, where he's written things about women that I didn't like. Writing stuff about Naomi Campbell when she's trying to get rehabilitated and, and listening to... Uh, hacking into phone conversations and stuff. But this thing with Meghan Markle. They, they was, people have said about... It's all this stuff about her. Because, oh, saying, oh, she's a gold digger and all this stuff. Fuck off. I'm just like... I'm just like, she was already minted before they met, you know? Also... She, she was a millionaire before they met. Also, I've actually seen things where people go, uh, race isn't part of it. I'm like, no, shut up. People, I've heard is. people say, like, the media didn't attack her race. Um, excuse me, there are, there are titles that refer to her as a monkey. You can't say that's not racist. How dare you undermine that there's a race? Um, I'm not, I mean, there's more to it than just a race element. There's yeah, a yeah, whole, yeah, yeah. She, do you know what it is? It boils down to, it boils down to, she is not one of us. She doesn't fit. But yeah. her race is a really big part of that. Her race, the fact that she isn't um, aristocratic, the fact that she's, and she's American. American. She's American. Yeah. I think that's a but, big deal. But, and so, yes, other things feed into it. But to completely disregard that it's to do with her race, it's really fucking disrespectful, in my opinion. Yeah, well, it just it just was, and, and it was silly, and and it brought up this whole thing that we kind of all guessed about the royal family is that you know there's a bit of stuff going on there with I a mean, bit of race because yeah. they're okay. So here's the surprised? thing, right? They're old as shit. Yeah. Right. So so they're from a different generation anyway, which you can kind of you you always forgive that a bit with older people. A little bit, yeah. You know. And then, and then you've got the, some of the things that Prince Philip has said every now and again, you know. And that actually confirmed in that Oprah interview that it wasn't Prince Philip or or, or, or the Queen who no, said the I, thing. No, my theory said, is Charles. I, th- I, my, gun to my well, head, you know, I'd say it was Charles. I mean, I, I, I'm not even going to bother. The, the, the thing is, right? That inherently, and I'm gonna, we might have to delete this, Amber. But yeah, inherently, we might get killed for this. In inherently, the royal family is about oh, I'm born different to you because yes. something in me is different it's, to you. And inherently, that is kind of, not racist, but no, it's like... It's elitist. It is inherently yeah. elitist. We were and born based in, on your bloodline. Yeah, you we're know. born into this family. They are they are a symbol of so many things. And one of the things that they are a symbol of is, is the white Western privilege. You can't deny it. I'm sorry, you just can't. Megan, Megan's had it rough, like... So that happened, and, and then you know, the pe- you've thing- got so many yeah. people attacking her for having the nerve to speak yeah. out. I mean, from Harry's perspective, it's like, well, look at all, all this stuff happened to Lady Di, and, I, and yeah. oh. they're all saying that this is Meghan. And do you know what? It's fucking it's not. not. It's really it's not. not. It's 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 actually she coming didn't from have Harry. The power I personally think because she- he he's he's his whole fucking life has been overshadowed by the fact that this institution 
killed his mum when he was a little boy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You've seen the videos of him walking behind that coffin, and, and he knows for a fact that it killed his mum. All right. Well, even so, on the day of his, even on the day of Lady Di's funeral, which I was at, by the way, um, even on the day of her funeral, he was told by his dad, Prince Charles, you don't look left, you don't look right, you don't look up, you don't cry, you look down yeah. and you walk. And it's like, how old was he? Twelve. Yeah. So anyway, oh my god, the, the discussion yeah. has been framed around Meghan, which was wrong. Because the press have always hated her and they've compared her to Kate Middleton and Horribly. they've done it they've done exactly the same things and then she's been criticised for it and Kate hasn't. Stuff like this. There, for some reason anyway. the media really wants this narrative that pits the only two women against each other yeah. when really they should be more united than ever. And the narrative is wrong anyway. And yeah. then so that was uh what I think it was the same day or the uh, the weekend after or the week the day before International Women's Day. And I put up a jokey thing saying, thank you, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but also thank you all these amazing women that I like, like Aretha Franklin yeah. and Janis Joplin and, cool. and, and, and amazing, lovely, lovely women that have um, enriched our lives in wonderful ways. Yeah. And then all this stuff with Sarah Everard comes up, which highlights this whole underlying problem that we have is that women do not feel safe. And they rightly don't feel safe because it's not as safe as it should be for women, particularly at night, but in the day and in their daily lives, which is morally reprehensible and we don't fucking like it. And I just, I, I, I didn't really know how to broach this with you, Amber. So I just thought I'd say hello and Hi, see what you thought about it. So you're right. We don't feel safe. And I think that what's been really hurting me over the past week with all of the discussions around it is a lot of people seem to treat it as not their issue. A lot of people are going, look, there there are monsters, there are sickos out there, and they're, they're always going to be there. And it's like, well, hold on a minute. Just hold on a fucking minute. Because we still live in a world that, whether we like it or not, lets this happen. And it isn't as isolated and incident no, it's not as all. people want to believe and i actually had a situation today literally about an hour ago and i had to really calm myself down before we started recording because what bothers me is is when people then ignore all people get angry at the final thing let's say that a woman being abducted and murdered is like is like a climactic level of misogyny right but there are stages before that all along the way that feed into the same issue. I'm not saying that if you've ever made a mistake in your life, you're as bad as a murderer and a rapist. I'm not saying that at all. But I put something online today and I was like, look, how about this? How about you ask yourself some really tough questions? How about you sit and ask yourself, have I ever jumped on the opportunity to ask a girl out as soon as she's single because I want what I want from her and I'm not thinking about the fact that she might be heartbroken right now maybe think about when you when you've gone oh I really like this girl oh and oh she's had a few drinks and maybe a little side of you was happy she'd had a few drinks because that might have made it that little bit easier for you and I said you know ask yourself these hard questions ask yourself about about times your friends were catcalling and you didn't do anything about it uh, you know and that was my point and I really feel strongly about that and I think the reason I feel strongly about that is that is the everyday stuff that we deal with the most and then I had a guy who I went to uni with who shall remain nameless comment going whilst I agree with you this should be aimed at everyone yeah, right for you, is it? here's my response no here's my response I have been and I always will be somebody who uses any influence I have to support equality and that includes supporting men if you look on my social medias, you will see times where I've talked about mental health for men. You have seen times where I talk about the fact that I am a teacher and I teach little boys who cry and get scared and feel vulnerable and it is normal and it's part of who we are. I've, I will always, always, always back those topics up. I care about them so much. What is utterly fucking unacceptable is that when I am talking about the day-to-day harassment and violence and assault that men straight men commit on women for you to suddenly go yeah but what about what men go through fuck you fuck you that undermines what men go through and that undermines what women go through give the topic the focus that it deserves when george floyd died last year i didn't sit there talking about what it's like being greek fuck because that would have been so fucking disrespectful right so when I'm sat here telling people 
these assaults are regular and you need to ask yourself why don't sit and talk to me about well what about what men go through because that is really not okay do you see my point mm. yeah yeah i can see so the, the, not the, okay the, the the um i i i'm very happy to say that um you know you, you know me uh, uh, you know forward thinking and, and and sympathetic to things but you know i am a bloke and so when i see this stuff you know you you feel called out even though i'm not really that i don't think i'm the person that's being called out here though i do examine my behaviors and it does yeah. make me question myself which i do which but even i go react in a kind of in the moment get get kind of what you the fuck is that I'm, i've not done i've not yeah. done fucking anything wrong you know and you do feel that and and, and i think that um it's easy to fall into the trap to try and make it about you because you feel personally attacked because the people that are in your demographic are the ones who are doing all this horrific shit. Yeah. Okay. So, so, but you know, you've got to go, well, why is this being brought up? Because this is a problem. And my problem that is similar to this, but isn't really, it's not the same. You know, my, my issues aren't the same as, as this thing and this is the thing that's being discussed yeah you know yeah, yeah, and if yeah. i just start harping on okay we talked about in the past that i've had loads of shit happen to me because Absolutely. i've been in the front of a band right and that's but, and it's wrong that that but, happened to you but i and and the thing is i don't necessarily feel that um i necessarily know when to talk to people about that but i know it's not the time yeah when when women are like I don't feel safe walking home in yeah. the daylight yeah. because there might be some fucker in the fucking bushes, which is yeah. what happened to this girl. Yeah. And it was a fucking guy from the Met yeah. who's there literally there to protect all these women. And then the protests happened and I was like, okay, well, it's going to be like a candlelit vigil and everyone's going to be quiet as fuck. Yeah. And then or, then you see the footage and then this woman with a bloke sitting on her <laughs> and like, like, what the fuck is this? And everyone's fucking yeah. shouting at each other and I'm just like, oh, they're trying to force COVID rules. Then what you do is you get a megaphone and say, hey guys, can you please keep a metre apart at least? Well, okay, so do it. there's You don't lot- have to go and... I, a... I I didn't deeply look into it because yeah. I was just like, I can't so fucking deal with this shit. I looked into it a bit more. So first of all, it was never meant to be a protest. I want that to be really, really clear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. wasn't. It was a, a vigil. It was a it vigil. Was a it was vigil. a quiet vigil saying, uh, reclaim the night was the thing. It was going to be people with flowers yeah. and candles having a bit of a moment of sadness and acknowledgement. A, let's also really take the time to remember that a, a very real human has died. This isn't all just hypothetical stuff. She was a real person and she died. So that deserved recognition and that was a big part of the vigil. But then also it triggers all these emotions and all these experiences and all these fears that women have. So first of all, I want to point out it was never a protest. Secondly, the people who were organizing it approached the police. They approached the police and they said, can we find a way to do this safely? And the police said no. And then they were like, well, we're going to find a way to do it safely ourselves because it's an outdoor event for a very important reason. And then they got told you're not allowed. So then they canceled it. The people organizing it canceled it. And then people kind of showed up anyway. My point is the system, the police, whoever you want to blame had ample opportunity to make it a safe, respectful event. And they didn't. And then they all showed up. And unfortunately that you can't ignore that when there is some, some point being made that the police don't like whether it's women's rights black lives matter or even back in the day when when student fees increased i remember it very clearly because i was in my a levels the police show up and they they incite your fight or flight instinct they they yell and intimidate and they bang their batons didn't need to be and they they turn it and then when you're panicking like a caged animal because they're surrounding you and threatening you you then get arrested there's so much wrong with it and actually what What's typically happening is they're surrounding people, which is what they did in and the it, BLM protests, is yeah. that they surrounded people and then people are like, oh, I've got to escape. And so they yes. start fighting people, yes. which, do you know what, is like a totally natural reaction. That's exactly and, what you know, I meant, yeah. and, and you know what? Yeah, you shouldn't hit people. But if someone's like trapped you in a place and you can't get out and you can't get home and there's lo- noise and pressing bodies around you and you don't fucking like it, you Your know, you can kind of understand why that happened. to lash out. And, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, another thing for the further context, is that this week they're pushing through this bill to prevent peaceful protests, which is fucking wrong. It's disgusting. You know? It's absolutely um, disgusting. So- also, isn't this bill, I saw this on, on Good Morning, not pissed, you know, oh, fuck, what's her name? The lady on Good Morning. Oh, you mean Susanna Reid? So what she um, said was on, on Good Morning Britain, she said that under this new bill, the penalty for defacing a statue, the minimum penalty for defacing a statue is higher than the minimum penalty for rape. 
That's what wrong. The fuck, That's man. wrong, you guys. Just Our lives else matter. Up. Just we... something else fucked up. So fucking recent. Rape was legal in marriage until 1996 in the UK. Okay. How fucked up is that? If we're really going to do this. So I'm doing a play at the moment and we're going to, we're trying to make it a bit feminist. And we actually all got given little projects um, as part of our research. And my project was inequality between, uh, for women and the LGBT plus community in the UK. And I made a little thing called brief history of our rights. And it included things like that. Things like how recently the contraceptive pill became legalized, how recently, um, LGBT same-sex marriages and and same-sex abortion uh, abortion same-sex adoption and stuff and topics around abortion and rape and how recent all of these things actually are mm. and and what's missing so there's a lack of funding for the mental health of victims of sexual assault there's there's a lack of housing for LGBT people there's this it's a really big topic that I went into and I literally found so much information that I, I we were timed and I sat everyone down and I was like no offense listen up there's a lot I've got to say <laughs> mm. and yeah there is progress our definitions of consent are changing we're incorporating um age more and and intoxication more and things but there's so much that still there's, needs there's loads of other shit like coercive behavior yeah. and stuff about there's so many women that uh, and and men and kids and i really do want to say and men with the domestic violence thing because i think yeah, there's, a, there's a big problem about it that we don't talk about but there's so many, particularly women at home, who are getting the shit kicked out of them. That's what I actually think. Over this last year, it's been horrible it's for quite a horrible. lot of people. There They've been loads. locked in with their abusers that yep. they can't escape from, and daily life was an escape, you know, yep. pre pre COVID nineteen. You know, absolutely. Um, um, and there, and like I was listening to another podcast, and an episode from February of last year said that. So as of Feb last year, the statistic was that two women a week in the UK are killed specifically by a current or an ex-partner so either your boyfriend or your ex-boyfriend or your husband or your ex-husband and i think that's something we can't ignore somewhere along the way this message is getting out saying you know women are there to serve you and satisfy you and if they're not serving you and satisfying you they're Mm. disposable and that really really needs to change and i want to i want to make sure people know that like i'm i i'm someone who like grew up I, I argued with feminists a lot and I actually I mean I, I argue with I argue with everyone actually because I like to call everyone out on their stuff but I mm. used to be someone who was a bit like this isn't fair on me um I'm not like this and I would and I would call people out and I, I generally try and call people out on things when I think they're wrong anyway fair. um but but I've learned more of as I've grown up and gone yeah like like i've really looked into the stats on the wage gap and stuff like that yeah because there's conflicting information out there mm. and I, now i'm satisfied very much that there is a problem with women not earning enough and not getting yep. promoted yep. And, and things like that and and, and like, not getting the job in the first I, place I, I i literally encourage you guys at home you know from wherever you hear about these issues go and look for really good independent sources and then you can really clarify how 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 everything's really working, all right? Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, don't just take it from me and Amber talking about these issues. Go and look into things like um, women being allowed to vote and um, uh, just like everything, the whole history of this stuff over the last yeah. hundreds and hundreds of years. And like, you know, it, it's it, I will be honest, it's been terrible for women particularly for thousands of years. And it's nice that in, you know, the last hundred years, at least we're talking about it, yeah. you know? like women are getting killed by ex-partners really quite fucking a lot yeah you know and that's there's in there is some weird lesson that all those ex-partners feel like they are entitled to behave that way this is the thing they aren't exceptions because when it happens over and over and over and over again you can't call it an exception it's a problem and we need to deal with it I, and I don't have all the... I totally agree with you, Cole. Go do your research. Go listen to TED Talks. Like, one TED Talk I love is called What Women Believe About Their Own Sexual Pleasure. It's on YouTube. It's about 20 minutes long. Um, it's by a woman called Peggy Orenstein. Orenstein. Uh, she's American. She did loads and loads of research about just little things but it it includes topics of consent and it includes topics of you know how younger and younger women are changing their bodies and wanting plastic surgery that there's a lot to unpack and she'll do it better than me but yeah don't take our word for it please go out there and do the research like 
go and and before before I'm gonna really request this before you ever try to make yourself look clever and undermine someone and undercut them only really do it if you actually know what you're talking about Google is you know at what your I mean? fingertips. Google is at your fingertips, okay? You can find credible sources for pretty much anything. For complete free like, in five like, minutes. Like... And, and be, be, be warning, there's a lot of sources that are shit. Here's the two sources that I... Uh, actually, there's only one source that I really truly trust, which is Full Fact. Um, uh, I would recommend looking them up. They are independent um, source and they call me out on things that I do agree with and don't agree with. You should make it a point. If someone challenges you on something and you feel um, an instinctive response to that, review what your actual information is before you respond. Because yeah. you you might, you might, you know, maybe your instinct is right, but find out first, okay? So That's um, just a thing. <laughs> you know, I told you that this person was really... Did the whole, oh, this should apply to everyone. I deleted his comments... And then sent him privately an essay. I was like, look, what you said has made me really, really angry. And I'm going to make one attempt to explain why to you kind of thing. And funnily enough, Mr. I'm so clever I can undermine you hasn't replied. Just ask yourself why you're reacting that way. And then go and do the research. I think those are two really good um, just rules, just little. And by the way, you know, me and Amber don't agree on everything. No, it's we part don't. of it's it's part of like dialogue of sharing ideas and stuff and it's okay to share your ideas but make sure you know what you're talking about is there something you know? i've said that you haven't agreed with apart from the well um movie you know stuff? I, I, we can delete this if you want there okay. was something that you you put up recently and by the way i totally think that i think you're right but i okay that you put up a thing saying um says protect your daughters and then educate your sons right yes um um and i totally understand that and i don't think you're wrong for putting that but i personally think there's a lot of people who don't need educating and are just bad people um and i don't come at it from a not all men perspective i think some people are inherently very wicked um i think all rapists know that it's wrong to rape people um, okay i don't think that's specifically what you're talking about there yeah but i don't but, um, i don't have I do, I do i do think yes absolutely educate your sons it's not wrong but if if i was a parent I would be trying to do both, you know, because I, 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 I grew up being bullied a lot. And so I know that you need to protect your children because I had a lot of shit happen to me when I was younger. No. You know? Okay. Um, I'm and so, fine with you keeping this on. Let me, let me I, I, I'm very, I mean, I might want to it because I'm going to turn out to look like a cunt in a minute when you no, explain no, no. what you were talking let about. Let me respond. Me. I am not saying don't protect your daughters. When I have a daughter, of course, I'm going to teach her how to look after herself. I'm going to teach her all the little laws and all the little tricks that I have for safeguarding myself, like checking your drink and going to the bathroom in pairs and getting, call me when you get home obviously yeah. because it's necessary obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is so necessary however i do believe that a lot of behavior is um nurtured there are exceptions that are straight up nature fine but that is such a tiny hmm. percent and i truly believe that entitlement and standardization and the media and how we talk about these topics and all of these things start really 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 young really hmm. young and i think that you would be surprised how much education can impact this so there was a for example this was years ago so i, I don't have all the facts but um i saw this thing about a charity that went to african countries uh, and had some conversations like this and on, on day one a lot of the male students agreed that what a woman wears makes it okay to assault them. And, and people you know, I went to school with said that shit to me. Exactly. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then this charity did, you know, a couple of month long courses with these guys. And then by the end, a lot of them saw things differently. So I'm not saying that, that no, 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 we I can completely yeah. eradicate the baddies out there. But yeah. I am saying a lot of them we do create, whether you like it or not, we do uh, well, create we, them. And we certainly create a culture in which they're allowed to thrive. Yes. And, and, and in which they're not are, punished. In and, which... and their actions are harder to detect. Yeah. So, for instance, um, I know guys who will say jokes that are a bit like, oh, shit. Um, but 
when you make those jokes, there's two types of those people in the room, isn't there? There's yeah. people that agree with it and people that are laughing at it because it's like, oh my God, that's so horrendous. Ridiculous. Why did you say that? Yeah. Like, for instance, I'm happy to say me, I, 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 you know, I'll say it anytime, me and the band make horrendous, awful jokes. And the reason why we do it is because the humour for us comes from we're not like that. That's why it's funny to us. But that needs and I'll to be happen honest, in, I'll a, be honest, in a safe that, little private space between yeah, you. Yeah. If you were making those jokes on stage in front of audiences, I'd tell you that was really yeah, yeah. inappropriate. And to be honest, I say that. They're not that bad. We, we don't say anything like as bad as stuff that I have heard in the workplace and things like that. And it's stuff we say, you know, with our girlfriends present and stuff. We don't say like... Fine you know that's different, but though. but there's two types of people yeah. there's two types of people that you, you can hear those jokes people that are like oh my god that's horrendous and people that are like yes i agree yeah. with this i think dark humor is a whole topic in of itself and i will agree with you that the picture i posted does oversimplify it but the point it makes is there needs to be a lot more focus on teaching men to mm. respect boundaries because that isn't done enough Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you were getting at is the onus is currently upon women to protect themselves, whereas in reality it should be uh, on on men and society as a whole um, to create an environment that is more safe for women to exist happily in and not have to yeah exactly constantly be on alert Nailed in it. their normal daily lives. Do you know of what I mean? Course. Exactly. That's totally. what I, th- I I assume is that what you were getting yeah, at? Yeah, that is what I was getting at. Anyway, I hope you found that productive as a mini side thing, Amber. And I wanted to get you... I wanted to get your words on it. I like that. But I also... It's really refreshing hearing a guy say it because lately it's mainly been women I've heard say this. I've been trying to put shit up about it, but not not too much, you know? Yeah, but in, Um, in general, you know... It's it, it 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 hurts when only the victims are talking up. And this isn't just about misogyny, this is about everything, you know. I think I think some of the reason the guys haven't said stuff I th- I think there's two reasons, right? I think one is that some of the guys know that they're probably culpable in in certain things that they shouldn't have done at some point in their lives, right? Yep. I think there's two is that I can speaking from my own experience. And I, t- I spoke to Nath about this because I was really frustrated. Part of the reason why I feel like I can't root these people out in my life. It's because I actually rooted them them out in my teens. And I don't have friends like that anymore. I just don't. Um, I don't have friends that say shit about women. And I don't I don't have friends that say racist shit or um, stuff against trans people. Mm. Um, I rooted those people out of my life a very long time ago. Yeah, um, which is great. And, but... Um, but it means that I feel impotent to actually help apart from just to say I'm on your side, which is what I did earlier this week. Let's have some fun stories. There was there was a story you mentioned earlier and I was like, save it for the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. God, this might not be appropriate, but fuck it, we'll, we'll do it. Okay, so um, when one of our last bassists left who didn't know we were going to fire him on that night because um, we were sick of him, we went on a big, right, we just got to get the bassist, right? We're not going to find someone who will do it for a bit. We're going to find the bassist who's just going to go with this. We ended up finding Rick after this and unfortunately we had to fire rick it was kind of a firing but it was rick, more like you, mate. you and nath talked about rick it was yeah. it was this this it doesn't isn't compatible anymore kind of thing. yeah it was like he was so busy and he needed needed you know he had a job and he couldn't do it you know and we 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 loved him and he think he's the best place player in the world but like you know um so <laughs> we started looking for bassists now i'm pretty savvy with graphic design right yeah. So I can make posters really well and make them look really good, but show all the information in the right way. So when he left, the last guy, before Rick, we put everything out. I shared everything to like a butt-ton of Facebook groups and uh, Instagram. We did paid promotion. We did everything. Here's a problem with paid promotion is you don't know who you're going to hit. So, um, for instance, we had someone apply from Ghana and wow. someone from India and someone from Canada, and I was just like, we we live in Oxfordshire near High Wycombe, you know? Like, um, somewhere between Oxford and High Wycombe is where we kind of are all clustered, you know? I don't know if we can pay for you to do, like, 100 shows a year, your flights, you know? I don't think we can manage that, right? Anyway, this one guy um, applies, and over Facebook, I look on his Facebook page, and there's, like, nothing on there, 
and the name is like a Norwegian black metal guy's name. I think it might have been one of the guys who burned down churches, but I'm not sure. So, um, you know, and then he says, oh, by the way, my name's Dave. And I was just like, this isn't a message on Facebook. Your name doesn't say Dave on your Facebook profile. So that was weird, right? It was like some Norwegian name. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll do an audition. Maybe Dave's all right. Okay. So... So, so we book a practice room, a really nice practice um, room place called West Star in uh, High Wycombe, which is a lovely place uh, run by a guy who was in a band called Mud, They're one of those glam bands, but it's run by a guy who played drums in that band. We do this this thing, a bloke called Dave comes in. Dave um, is he's white. He's got something in, a, in his ethnicity that was probably a bit mixed from somewhere. He was a bit mm. olive skinned. Mm. So... Um, you know, that will come up later, why that's relevant, why I'm bringing that up. So we get to play with with, with Dave and uh, he puts his amp on the ground. Um, He's got an all right amp, pretty nice amp, pretty nice bass. And he's a pretty good player. He's very heavy handed, but he's not a bad player. So we're like, okay, but maybe we could work with this, you know, maybe this is something we could do. I mean, he's a bit much, but maybe we can ask him to turn it down. He did say, you know, if you want me to turn down, I'll turn down. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was doing a lot of down picking, which is like really percussive. You know, boom, 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 boom. Sometimes you want a bit more fluidity, but we were like, hmm, okay. So I'm like, all right, something seems off though. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. So we get chatting to him and, and you go out and the guys have a smoke. I don't have a smoke, but the guys have a smoke. And he's picking up his gear and I, I see one tattoo on his arm. His tattoo is the Union Jack. And I'm just like, well, you know, Union Jack could mean anything. Then he pulls up his sleeve a bit more. And I'm like, that's an EDL tattoo. <gasps> um... And I go, oh, that's an EDL tattoo, is what oh, I go. And I'm like, hang that's on, uncomfortable. hang on, that's from someone. And he's, do you know what? Dave was really, really nice. I can't, can't fault that. He was really lovely. But I was like, that's an EDL tattoo. And I was like, okay, this isn't, this is not the weirdest bit, Amber, right? So we go outside and I notice this. I don't mention it to the guys. I'm like, we're going to have a chat once he's gone. So, you know, but I'll be nice to him. Maybe, you know, he just, that when he was a bit younger, he was into that kind of stuff. And like many people like myself, your opinions change over time and you, you, you open your eyes to things and maybe he was like, well, maybe this isn't right. Maybe, you know, whatever. So I'm not going to judge him just yet. All right. So we go out to, I help him out with his gear, right? Because being a lead singer, everyone says you don't help out with the, with the loadout. And, we make a joke in the band. What's a loading? Says Cole. But I help him load out his gear. So I'm carrying his amp and, and, and his bass back to the top guitar and he's got his pedals, right? Um, so we go out to his car and it's, it was like... Um, and we were, we were hanging out around the back of his car. Oh, no, no. I was the only one who saw his car. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This I need to backtrack. They had the smoke break. In a smoke break, he said, yeah, I got a new car. Um, I used to have an Audi TT very fucking expensive car, I was going right? to say, yeah. Very fucking expensive very car. Expensive I used to have car. an Audi TT. I left it outside like someone's house and went on holiday. And by the time I came back, it had been impounded, right? And I couldn't I couldn't sell it. I couldn't get any money off it, right? Because it had been impounded, right? Because I just left it somewhere. And I was just like, well, that's fucking weird. Yeah. You know? So, so bear in mind, he had an Audi TT, which is a huge, colossal financial investment. And then he was unable to sell the Audi TT. All right. Okay. So wherever that money was, it's no longer his. Okay. Because he, when you sell a car, you, you know, you, you buy a car, it's kind of an investment and you're going to make, you know, maybe half your money back when you sell it in a few years. Okay. So he also tells us he works in a factory, right? So, um, we go out, I put stuff in the back, in, in the back of his car. So we, I'm looking around the car park and there's this really nice Jag from like late nineties, early two thousands. So not cheap. Okay, and it was pretty good condition. I think it's probably early 2000s, good condition Jag. Okay, so got to be worth a pretty penny, right? If it's a Jag. So he opens up the Jag and in the back, he's got some kids toys. So Cole is like, he's had enough money to buy an Audi TT and not sell it and have enough money to buy a Jaguar. He works in a factory and he has a child tattoos edl oh he's a drug dealer isn't he (laughs) right i hadn't i hadn't put all those together so fair enough so when he got when he got it impounded i wonder why he left it there well probably he he might have gone to prison you know it's very possible yeah but we don't know 
maybe he got some tattoos while he was in prison you know this stuff happens i don't know we have no idea what it was but something was fucked up and we're pretty sure he's an edl drug dealer who was very nice played bass quite well and then we were like don't know if we should work with him which is yeah a couple of boats from oxfordshire these, these three nice three nice boys from oxfordshire just who, really yeah like, make up make really a few like naughty jokes but but <laughs> Oh dear. So oh dear. that was that was I, I said we I, we we just we had the chat afterwards and kind of pieced it all together and I was like, yeah, that was an EDL tattoo, Nave, was it? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> you know, <laughs> madness, madness, madness. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed. How did that he take it when you sacked scene. him? We didn't sack him. We just didn't. We he, it was an audition. Sorry. Oh, so okay. It was good. an audition. So so we were like, we don't think it's going to work out. And he was lovely about it. And I'm really glad because I didn't get stabbed. Yeah, well, there you go. So that's nice. I don't isn't know it? what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, it's a heavy episode, isn't it? That is weird, isn't it? That, that is was weird. weird. That wasn't just my brain. No, that's weird. That is very weird. Like it was EDL. It was the it was the Templar with the EDL on it. The Templar. <laughs> the Templar. Symbol. You know uh, the, the yeah. shield. Yeah, yeah, I know the one. Bloody Fucking hell. hell, that is weird. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to talk about like dumb auditions and the shit now actors I feel bad. have to do in auditions <laughs> so oh god oh do you know it's quite sweet this isn't even funny but it's just kind of sweet i remember when i went to audition for Guildhall, um and obviously people when they come to audition for drama school you know it, it's a big dream that people have been working towards for for fucking years of their lives and then they're there and the pressure is intense like the first time I did drama school auditions, I didn't get in that year. And, and in hindsight, it was correct that I didn't get in that year because I wasn't ready. Mm. Because mm. after each and every one of them, I was borderline having anxiety attacks and having to just go to bed afterwards and nearly throwing up. Like, I'm really not joking. Like, the pressure is very intense, right? And I massive respect to Guildhall. When I went and auditioned there, because when you go and audition, they do a lot of like kind of group warm ups to start with, and then you yeah. do your individual stuff. Um, and in the group warm up, it was all about helping everyone just calm the fuck down. So yeah, like they were doing this like movement thing. Oh, if I say number one, you got do this. Stop, go, whatever. And then he went stop, and everyone like paused and looked at him, and he went breathe. And everyone in the room kind of went <sighs> like you could really tell he was trying to like make us realize how nervous we were so that we could let go of it and then bef and then we did this exercise where we all sat down and one by one we had to walk from one end of the room to the middle stop take a breath and then say our names made us practice just calming down and getting ready so that mm. when we went into the room we didn't all go in like hi my name's, uh. my name's amber and I'm, I'm doing a monologue from as you like it and <laughs> do you know what I yep. mean? yeah yeah on the other hand central <laughs> not quite the same i can't remember what happened but i feel like we walked in and as a group people did something wrong i can't remember what it was whether it was where we put our bags down or i don't know but i do remember someone just yelling out of nowhere two minutes after we walked in and we were like oh, fucking hell and the central audition was one of the weirdest experiences of my life yeah so right there there are there are movement directors very famous ones who who take inspiration from from the earth and the elements and shit okay i hadn't studied any of that yet i was at, i was at uni and they were like okay so here's what i want you to do and you know you've got all these very like upper class people leading these exercises and so i've got my eyes closed like everyone were and you're in a space oh you have to always be in a space and she was describing fire and she was like, okay, so I want you to imagine this fire in front of you and it's getting bigger and this and this and this and this and describing it, describing it, getting this picture in your head. Then she was like, now I want you to imagine you have stepped into the fire. Cole, if you were imagining that you stepped into fire, what would your brain assume ah, is happening? Oh God, ah, ah, I'm on fire, ah, <laughs> right. ah, I'm on fire. I didn't quite do that, but yeah, okay. my brain went, I'm, <laughs> my brain tried to move as if I was burning and I was on fire <laughs> because I just got told, imagine you've stood into fire, whereas you've got everyone else trying to become fire. Like, <laughs> oh shit, and, I'm on fire, and oh like, shit. And I'm there like, ah! Someone get some fucking water. <laughs> 
oh gosh, the oh witch. My gosh. In the same workshop, same workshop, it was like, right. And they were naming animals, right? Again, that's a really common thing is using animal <laughs> body language for inspiration and shit. But like, oh my God. some of it was fucking weird. We got told at Central to be a hippo. So I did this thing, right, where I put my arms flat in front of me to make like the surface of the water and then like popped my head out as if I was a hippo in the water and did this really big yawn like because when you're in that moment the blind loyalty the blind obedience <laughs> is fucking weird there was, there was a point where we went to I audition. just saw your head popping up over this thing going <laughs> yeah she told me to be a hippo <laughs> there was a point where we went to drama and a, another fun thing we've mentioned this before with, <laughs> with drama school auditions is the people you run into because you know we all work in the same circles and I went to a drama school, I went to Trauma Center and um, I think it was the callbacks that time. And I, I ran into a girl I went to uni with. And we again, we went into this room and everyone's trying to be really nice. And, she, and this, this, this leader, whoever they were, was like, um, okay, yeah, find somewhere around the edges to put your bags. And then just, you know, this time is for you. And she was really trying to be nice. She was like, have a stretch, get comfortable in the room, make the room your own. And Antone, mm-hmm. and the friend, <laughs> <laughs> and the friend that I knew in my ear just kind of went, lick the floor, lick it, lick it. <laughs> lick it. Just to make fun of the fact that we would <laughs> legit do almost anything. There are so many weird stories oh from drama God. school auditions. There was one for oh GSA God. where we GSA was really, really physical. We did loads of sweating absolute buckets. And then there was this thing where we had to like move across the room as one. And we're like crawling and it's like 20 of us. And we've made this weird, slightly accidentally sensual, but how could it not be blob? Yeah, where yeah, we're yeah. all, we're all sensual blob. We're all like crawling on the floor and we have to keep physical contact with you. I shit you not. There was a point. So I'm crawling and I kind of at some point like rolled onto my back and fuck me. There was a woman's head like right in my groin. I was like, like she didn't mean it. She wasn't like having fun. She was just like, I'm That's... sorry, I'm here now. Yeah, she was just like, this, <laughs> this is, this is what's happened. And we, and like afterwards, she was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I don't, don't worry. Was it my fault? How did my leg move? And we all just, you just end up just proper in someone's armpit, like breathing in their farts as this blob <laughs> crawling across the room. Like, does this make me a professional? Am I showing you my commitment? <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know something weird has just occurred to me when, when did you audition for gsa what year do you know do you know roughly when because you're a couple of years younger than me or one year younger than me i auditioned for gsa the first time in my last year of uni which i think was 2014 and i 2014. got and i got as far as the waiting list so i did the recalls okay. and everything and then got waitlisted and then then a space didn't open up and then i think i auditioned again a year or two later maybe 2015 so oh so i, I think i no i auditioned in 2013 for the year starting 2014 didn't get in auditioned i thought why apply straight away again i'm clearly not ready so i gave it a bit of time and then auditioned in 2015 for the year starting 2016 and that's okay. when i went to art said because i was at art said when trump became president lucky you i know lucky you. i uh i finished uni 2014 Oh, okay. So I I went to GSA for some summer classes, which I oh, talked yeah. about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I I nearly did acting. You know, that was that was the nearly thing that happened to me. I nearly did musical theatre. I did the musical theatre stuff that they did some summer courses. I did it two years in a row when I was about fifteen, sixteen. So I just wonder if like the musical director was the same guy because there was a really cool, uh, bold guy, amazing at piano. Just wonder if you saw him. I mean, um, I've seen a lot. Now. I've seen a lot of like bald guys who are good at piano. Like they work at Pineapple a lot. They do. <laughs> they do. Like I, I, I possibly I. Also, you have to remember, I applied for the acting course, not the MT course. And, and yeah, a yeah. lot of drama schools kind of differentiate the staff on those quite well. The head of the course, when I applied, I can't remember her name, but she had like really short, curly kind of red hair and glasses. She was very art teacher look. Um, it nice. was it was a lot of females, I think, were auditioning me when I did GSA. Hmm. Yeah. There was one I point. Remember, I remember the headmaster. He was, I think he was like Oliver or something in like the first 
West End production or something, or oh, not, wow. maybe not Oliver, or I don't know, something like that. But um, we got on. The thing was, there were barely any blokes, and so I stuck out because I could sing. I was the only guy who could sing. Um, so let's not say that because everyone can sing if you if you've done. No, I know we but, we know um, what you mean. Don't worry but, about it. Um, who was a singer, and because I'd always been a singer, so so they actually they wanted me to apply. That the headmaster took me as I told me that, and I was the only person who didn't apply out of the whole lot, um, which was really awkward. And I, I, I do regret it. I do regret it. Um, I went and saw my friend did um, the musical theatre masters at GSA, and I went and saw his final show, which was really fun. It's a great school, GSA. I really love it. I would have gladly gone there. It just yeah. wasn't what ended up happening for me. Well, you know. There was like never mind. There was this movement war- it was meant to be a warm up. Fuck me, sweating buckets that we did for GSA, like the first round, and I think it was the first time where they were giving us different I, I like ways to move and okay, and then you know started the music and everyone is giving it fucking a thousand percent, aren't they? Including me and thinking it's going to last maybe five or ten minutes, but it lasted like half an hour. Yeah. And like, before <laughs> you know it, I there were moments where I was choosing to do floor work, mainly to try and catch my fucking breath. Sit fucking down yeah. for a bit, Jesus. <laughs> and then there was a bit where I started like spinning. I love a good turn. I, I, used to, I grew up doing ballet and I love pose turns and stuff like that. And I had, I did this like half up, half down because you could see my face, my hair didn't get in my way, but I still felt like, you know, just a bit pretty and I like feeling a bit pretty. So I had this Aww. half up, half down with this like sliding hair clip at the side that had like a flower on it and by the end of this half an hour like my whole hair is a fucking bird's nest and there's one point where i spun around so quickly the pin went flying like a bullet when i think it was just wide of like the judges table and just like hit the wall behind them i was like well (laughs) never seeing that again Got past that round though. <laughs> there we go. Oh, so go. many stories. All oh, right. Physical injuries I've had on stage. <gasps> I I got my leg. Go I don't know if it. I told you this one. I I I did a gig in Oxford once. I, I just said that because I stubbed my toe. Um, I um, you know those. I've probably told you this one already, but there's a triangular barrier at the front front of loads of things. I got my leg caught in there and I fell back and um, shit. And uh, do you know what? I did tell this in the tech run that we did for this, which never got published. So, right. Hey, I we I, I jumped off the stage and ran up in that in that barrier, and I and and there's the triangular barrier, and I was like there, singing my head off, and then I got my legs caught in there, fell back, twisted my ankle, um, and then had to do the rest of the state the show limping. I did a high note, powered by my <laughs> agony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of them. So, um, God, uh, yeah, I I am um, weirdly. I've always been the kind of person who, like, when I get drunk, I just wake up covered in bruises because I'm so clumsy anyway in my normal life. Yeah. But the moment that I do get drunk, it's all... that You know, oh, Amber, there's some videos of me. Because, as you know, I don't drink when I'm singing. But in Ibiza, after I finished, I had 10 <laughs> days of just sitting in Ibiza. So 10 days of watching uh, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, who were oh. Motorhead's guitarist motorhead's guitarist i remember uh, his band and his kids um his his sons his bastard sons so um i think i uh, saw them live once you might have done they were really good they are in they like are really in good. like in like north london in like an arsenal themed pub anyway carry really? on anyway yeah phil campbell and the bastard sons great and they did uh i started the mosh pit for um overkill or ace of spades one of those two because uh, they obviously were doing motorhead covers as well as their own stuff because phil campbell was guitarist motorhead so um there's an amazing video somewhere of me wandering around ibiza and you've never seen me drunk have you of course you haven't no so no, no. i i am a delight amber i am a delight i look like captain jack sparrow wandering around like this and singing all these songs and being completely <laughs> off my tits so yeah. um yeah that's good and i started singing uh fat bottom girls on the uh on i the bus love ride that home song and got got everyone involved which was good bit of fun i'm trying to think if i've ever had a physical injury i can't think of one you know like on stage in on the stage. middle of a show i can't think i got of impaled one. on barnaby's bass um one of the last shows of 2020 that 20, sounds 20, like a metal sorry. song impaled on barnaby's well, bass I was, I was just rushing past <sighs> him and he had his bass sticking out and it went oh, oh fuck. fucking hell right in the shoulder that was good um 
God, that kind of stuff happens to me all the time. I just, yeah, wake up, my knees hurt, everything hurts. This isn't an acting story at all, but it's just funny. When I was at uni, a bunch of us did a really fun, like, day trip. We piled into, like, three or four cars. We all went to this... um, place i can't remember where it was but it was like half hour drive from our uni there was like a water park there was places to eat it was really nice and in the middle of a field we decided we wanted to play rounders so we were like we fashioned obviously we fashioned a baseball bat out of a stick and as people were running round the bases um they kept nearly hitting people with the stick so then we said okay um when you hit the ball the rule is you have to drop the stick behind you as you start running. And what then happened, we went, okay, yeah, that's safe. So we're trying to be safer. One guy throws the stick behind him. Oh no, oh no, oh no, no. It, it, the stick, basically one side of it went into my leg, which made, which made it twist upwards and go up into my friend's vag. And so she went like, like fell over like a sack of bricks. Up up into your friend's vag. Yep. And then I was like, I was like, babe, are you okay? Are you okay? And then a few minutes later, someone was like, uh, Amber. And I looked down and my leg is just cut open. And I was like, whoops. (laughs) Well, this can't be good nothing to do with performing lovely it was a proper like laurel and hardy level slapstick moment yeah speaking of laurel and hardy check out stan and ollie everyone all right that's uh that's the laurel and hardy Hardy film with um john c Riley and steve coogan and it's really true to who laurel and hardy were and, and their life experience it's a really lovely story so in that nice in that nice We've done that Sorry. before, that noise. Isn't that noise? Isn't that I still nice? can't think of an actual injury. How annoying is that? I can't, I'm kind of mad about that. Surely. So I, we'll do some acting and I'll trip you up or something. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Amber, look over there. Trip. <laughs> Smack. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, it's gonna, you know I'm going to think of loads as soon as we finish. Yeah, of course. Of course yeah. you will. Write them down and then tell them next week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There you go. I, I want to say one thing is that, you know... As we're signing off, folks, you know, from if you're a bloke listening to this, bloke, bloke to bloke, you know, um, we need uh, male voices to support our women friends at this point in time. Um, look into what they're saying. Look at all the factual basis for everything that, that is being said right now. Um, and, you know, hold yourselves and your friends and the people you know accountable. And, you know, stick up for what's right, because we like doing that, don't we? Don't we, Amber? Yeah, and, you know, for the girls listening, I know it's been heavy. I know that we've had to talk about our fears and our traumas a lot over the past few weeks. And I would say, for the sake of your own mental health and your own emotional stability, choose your battles a bit, take days off. You know, you can't you can't overturn the patriarchy in one day. Like, <laughs> uh, Look after yourselves. Um, look after yourselves, look after each other. Uh, you can find us on all the usual socials if you want to get in touch you know how to do so otherwise we'll see you next week you guys spread the love much love bye bye bye